A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men Podcast. It is Tuesday. We are here. Uh, and I just want to just say that the only mention that will be of the Merseyside Derby will be this right here. Normally, we try to look back a little bit on the game previously and then move ahead. Nah, done. Done with it. I had to, I had to make me peace. I had to say... I, 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 that, the only thing I will say is that it was a great point made. Um, but I, I, I saw the Toffee TV lads yesterday and I, you know, I actually only saw, I saw Baz and I... Congratulated him, and then unfortunately, it slipped into conversations about like pe- what wasn't what penalties, what wasn't and wasn't a penalty. <laughs> um, so I, I, I walked away at that point. But um, Tom was telling us how he was buying it. He, he bought a car, and the, the fellow was in Everton. He was more concerned with telling them what was wrong with Liverpool than talking about how good Everton had been, which I think was a uh, was was wonderfully telling. Anyway, um, I'm Paul Mitchell, Chris Page, is in the studio. Uh, we've got Edelman, we've got Sam uh, from home as well. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, gents. Um, yeah, we've got a couple of kickoff questions. Um, I'm going to split them uh, this week because one of them actually leads into our first topic, which is going to be about obviously we've seen the uh, the roadmap to freedom or whatever the hell they're calling it, um, the 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 end of lockdown restrictions, uh, hopefully sometime later in the year. And there's talk there might be fans back in the ground. Uh, and we're also going to talk about what Liverpool can try differently based on a. 30 seconds of throwaway conversation by Gary Neville that set the internet on fire at the weekend. Um, the first kickoff question <clears throat> comes from at six yard box. Yeah, uh, Andrew at hashtag LFC on, on Twitter. Um, this is what is your favourite non-football sport moment, Chris Pager? It's uh, the, there's 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 tons. There's absolutely tons. I mean, everyone knows I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan, so the Minneapolis miracle. Which I can see by the look in your eyes means absolutely nothing yeah, to you, yeah, yeah. and it won't mean anything to probably any. Yeah, I can see the lads; they're, they're not interested. This? Like three years ago or right, something so. like that, where they threw a touchdown. Basically, the Vikings went seventeen 0 up in a playoff game. Look how bored he is already. They <laughs> went seventeen 0 up, and then the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees at the helm pulled it back to twenty four twenty three, and with like five seconds to go, we threw a sixty one yard touchdown pass in our own stadium to go to the championship game, which we lost. But for that fleeting moment, it was it was unbelievable. Ah, so this is a bit like beating Borussia Dortmund in the in yeah, the pretty much. Yeah, it still <laughs> yeah, stands yeah, out, yeah. but it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, so. um, that one. But then there's like I, I love Tiger Woods and the story of Tiger Woods winning his last. Masters, it would have been eleven years after his previous um, 
major win, and then there's like Andy Murray winning Wimbledon because up until then he was just a Scotsman, but and now you, he's a Brit. You were dead set that he had no chance of winning <laughs> yeah, Wimbledon at yeah, that absolutely. point as well. We'd have arguments about that. You're a bigger tennis fan than I. I was yeah. like, no, I think he will. And you're like, well, no, been, doesn't I'd, happen. Tennis I'd, players at that age don't go and. I'd, do, been, do, do, do. I'd been right for this, you know, most of the 76 years previous that we hadn't won a fucking had a, had a Brit because it was very much an English thing. Like no Englishman had won, won Wimbledon until Andy Murray won it. We were like, yeah, the Brits finally won it. He won the gold. He won the gold at the Olympics before. Yeah, Twenty twelve, yeah, twenty thirteen. Was that on your stack? Did we watch that? I don't. That know. might have been the case. Anyway, um, Sam, what's your favourite non-football sporting moment? Um, there's a few for me. One I missed because I was what, 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 one I missed because I was at a festival, which I'm devastated about. It was Ben Stokes winning the Test match at um, Headingley. Literally, like for those who, who know cricket, when you need 150 to win with one or two wickets left, you do not win games of cricket. Yeah. Uh, but again, that means nothing So to most people. So keeping on the topic of cricket, I'm going to go with <laughs> England winning the World Cup in a super over at Lords. Yeah. Because yeah. that was like massive pressure. We were the best team in the world, but it is it, it was a lot of pressure on, on England to win that game. And it went to the super over after having a shite game and we won it. Uh, but personally, the big one for me was, I'm a big boxing fan, as Chris alluded to before the show, I, managed, I, I was lucky enough to be in the outer ring, without bragging a bit there, in for the Joshua versus Klitschko fight at Wembley. And I saw Joshua knock out Vladimir Klitschko to unify the heavyweight world titles at Wembley. And to this day, that is still the biggest fight I've been to or seen live. It was such a good fight that, that until the big one this summer, hopefully, hopefully eclipses it, that'll be my biggest moment, being there live wow. to see it. There you go. Fantastic. Errol, what you got? Yeah, defo, Errol. I can't hear Errol. I can't. Can anyone hear Errol? Anyone hear Errol? No. No, no, no. one can hear Errol. Devastated. I'm sure it was dead boring anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it might have been Pogba's debut for Manchester United. Right this. <laughs> uh, so yeah, okay, yeah, brilliant. Playing there, we're playing sport moment shenanigans. <laughs> this is great. Um, Twenty twelve. <laughs> we'll see if we can get. We'll see if we can get Arnold back in a second. But um, yeah, I am. Um, I, I, I'll doubtless I'll, I'll finish this podcast and I'll be having me lunch at some point or I'll be on the bog later and I'll go ah no it was this this was the obvious answer to this question but I um, it wasn't an individual moment but it was watching the Ashes in 2005 because obviously I, I, I'd moved back to Liverpool in the February during, in the, between the Leverkusen legs and then we obviously went out yeah well in and then we'd gone on we won the Champions League so that was amazing and then that summer was just spent in and out of pubs because it was all on Channel 4 so we like you were working in the Chilwell Abbey at the time and it was on there constantly so you just everywhere you <laughs> almost went almost constantly yeah you, well yeah 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 you remember yeah. that story I do remember that story <laughs> well. um, the um, there were some stories from that pub um, the um yeah, and just being having that on, having like that massive moment on what like an incredible summer of summer of sport and whatever. So yeah, it's, it's probably probably that. Go on, Errol. So on, well, you, you did guess it. To be fair, it, it was Usain Bolt in the Olympics, 2016, uh, when he got all three. I think it was the 400 meter, uh, the relay. It was the 200 meter and the 100 meter. He got gold on all of them. Uh, so I just thought that was a, a brilliant moment for, for him as well, considering that was his last major Olympics. Um, and obviously, coming from the native lands of Jamaica, it was just nice to see him do the the traditional celebration as well. It was nice. 
So that was big. And then other than that, I'm a big UFC fan. So again, they're that thick and fast nowadays. There's, there's so many big moments that come out of the UFC. But who was the fighter that um, I think it was uh, for the for the badass belt? Ah, oh, what was his name? Masvidal. Masvidal, and he's just come out with that flying knee against Ben Askren, and literally just took him out in three seconds. It was literally one of the best UFC moments. I mean, you wait up till like five o'clock in the moment in the morning, and then it's over in three seconds. You're a bit pissed, but when you see the hype around something like that, it is boss. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. As a as a random one, seeing um, Paddy the Paddy Baddy. The Baddy I, know, I must admit, with, I was thinking about that. the Echo Arena, coming out and playing his music, and like, where's your head at? And the whole of the arena absolutely bouncing, smacking the guy everywhere, then jumping to the top of the cage and oh, stuff and celebrating. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely incredible, absolutely unbelievable. And as a random one, and I know it's not really, it's not, it's it's both a, a non-football, non-sport moment. Um, but I watched. WWE NXT UK takeover Blackpool and um, Triple H come out at the end. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it was a pretty pretty good time. Um, right, so um, we are gonna have take a very 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 short interlude here. Uh, ben Kelly's been doing the stats and tactics shows for us of late. He's done a special. It's on the RedmanTV.com where he talks about what we do with Bobby Firmino. Um, it's a full length show, but this is a little uh, a little bit of an insight and a good little clip from it. Check this out. He is playing as a midfielder. So I think it's worth looking into because in terms of the work rate that you do get from him, because you know, he is really good at, at closing down and doing all that. You know, right now, imagine a midfield three of uh, you know, okay, keep Tiago in, you know, Henderson, or um, can I find Fabinho dead quickly? I can and he's got a magnet result. Um if I do that. You know, what is that is that the worst idea at the moment? I don't know. Um, you know, and I think with the way that we're lacking goals right now, um, you know, from a number nine, well, across the board, but also from Firmino in particular, I think you could maybe do a lot worse. Maybe he just becomes, you know, the Genie Wine Alden replacement. Maybe that's what he ends up being. You know, I, I know that we've been linked with other midfielders this summer, but if you think about actually what both players are good at, they're, they're not too, you know, dissimilar. You know, even my Alden when he when he's given the license with Holland to go up, you know, go further forward and play in that more, you know, attacking midfielder role, he gets a lot of goals as well. So, you know, they're not really two dissimilar players. And, you know, Firmino dropping into midfield there, you know, breaking the play up in, in, in there and then also having that, you know, experience as a forward to, to break these lines and, and, you know, again, still be able to do what he does, creating chances for Manny and Salah. You know, I, 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 don't think it's the, I don't think it's a bad idea. And then, obviously, on top of these midfielders, you've got Thiago, you've got Katie, you've got Chamberlain. You know, if they can stay fit, it's the same old story with those players. But it just provides you with another option and you know particularly if you you get Jota back and you have some, you have a more prolific number 9 i think you know that really could be an interesting avenue for the, for the team to explore don't think it'll happen i don't think Jurgen will do that i don't think he'll um i don't think he'll quite change Firmino's role that drastically but you know i think essentially right now that's what he's doing anyway when you look at his heat map Hey everyone, welcome back. Yeah, you can get stats and tactics every week on theredmentv.com. Head over there, sign up. And if you go as a club legend subscriber, we've got a wonderful competition running for you guys at the moment as well to win a, a pack of book and Liverpool-related art. And there's a whole host of bonus features as well. Um, yes, yes, we had a second question. And it, it kind of got me thinking. I've seen a few people talking about this. Steve Collow um, on Twitter says, what time on the 21st of June does the parade start? Um 
And yeah, because obviously we know right now the the, the pathway uh, to to freedom comes with all um, distancing and whatever measures being removed on the twenty first of June. Whether that happens under the current government, I have very little hope. But we'll we'll, we'll maintain the positive for now. But I think it ties into this notion. There's, there's talk, Chris, that there'll be ten thousand fans back for the last game of the season, um, which got me go. I immediately went yay, and then went oh. And and for a couple of reasons, great. I just want I'd, for more getting fans back in Anfield. You know, at some point we've seen how much of a benefit it can be. Um, it's a positive step forward. But there is a little part of me that's just like, like, it goes with this parade thing. You know, we've been promised that Liverpool will celebrate the league title when it's safe to do so. But I don't want us to celebrate the league title anymore. Like I, I mean, and I, I got it got me thinking. Like, what would they do? Would they still, if we finish fucking forty points behind Manchester City, as we are projected to do, as it currently as the league sort of currently stands? I would feel, and I think the players, and I think Klopp would feel a bit embarrassed, even bringing the trophy out for that. For, if, if even if they just brought it out, and you know, Ian Rush went and brought it out on the pitch for the last game of the season or something. So there's a there's a bittersweet quality to that for me. Yeah, but imagine how pissed off everyone around the world. Would be. Oh yeah, do it. Like you know what I mean? Just I like when when City parade their title and there's six people turn up and Liverpool are parading a title that's long gone and two million people descend upon the city and the overspill actually fills the hotels in Manchester up and everything else. The fume would be epic, Paul. Yeah. What, 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 what are you staying for? Oh, I'm here for the uh, title, for the for the title paid. Oh, good on you, good on you. Yeah, it begins in the centre of Manchester at mega. 12 it's going to be yeah, mega. Be mega. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm driving 45 minutes to Liverpool to watch the parade of trophy that they won it's last not year. It's anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, yeah, so maybe I am both into God, that. They, they were annoyed enough when we when we were saying like we were world champions and oh, like, yeah, when, when they held champions the, of everything. Yeah, and like imagine that. When they went, oh, it's a European Cup that you didn't even win in this season. It's like, yeah, 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 Sal. Um, wait, what's your, what's your feeling on it, Sam? Because again, it, we all, all sorts of joking aside. And I, I actually, you know what, if Jürgen Klopp fronted it, I'd probably get behind it. But there is a little thing of. Unless Liverpool actually have a good, successful end of the season, that's gonna feel. I mean, like if Liverpool, if, if we don't, like if we don't finish fourth, at least if we don't win another piece of silverware over, it's gonna be. Inc- I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure. I am genuinely on board with the notion of us celebrating a league title when we so horrendously defended it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you on that. I think if we win the Champions League, right? Just just put it out there for a minute. I'd get all four out again. I'd get Henderson's Spotty Award and all that. I'd rub it in everyone's face. <laughs> but I think you can do that from a position of strength. You win the Champions League after this season because you know we should get through to this round and then it's last day. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, then you've got clout. You can do what the fuck you want. However, if we finish fourth, I'd like to see something at Anfield last game, just like showing the fans the trophy. But on the 21st of June, in the middle of the Euros, when City have won the, the league and it's in, now in their cabinet, what are you going to do? Ask them to borrow it? Like, yeah. really? Like, I, I just don't see it. I, I actually just think... Just get Jay Pearson's replica. Yeah. We'll just put the bottom <laughs> of him. We've created yeah. a fake trophy around Liverpool yeah, for winning true. on Champ Manager. You know what I mean? So I'm not more fun than City will get for this. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it just feels Facts. like... Really yeah, true. true. But the, 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 the sad thing for me, just to finish on it, is that 
we had the league won in March. We could have not turned up in the summer and just, you know, she have sent the under-23s that played Shrewsbury out for the last nine games and we'd have still won the league, statistically. Yeah. And we didn't get a celebration. We didn't get a crowd on the ground or a parade. City are going to have played all season. I don't even think they played with a single away crowd, did they, when that, when it happened for those couple of games? So Because the Evan game was cancelled. So they're going to have played in front of no fans for the entirety of the season. And on the last day, they're going to get to celebrate with their fans and a parade. That is sickening. That is absolutely sickening. That's the that's the thing, isn't it? That's 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 why it stings a lot because particularly because I wonder whether there's just some Liverpool players there and there's been all the been the talk about go and try and do it again this season because of that because we didn't get to celebrate with the fans and go and celebrate too and we all got a bit carried away with that but I just wonder there's a little bit of like someone like you know Trent and Hendo and all that going oh imagine if we'd just been able to just not be shit for the last <laughs> two months we could have had this amazing blow off at the end of, at the end of the season but you know that's life's life's a shit house isn't it it is but i think what you were saying there uh, sam that, that was going to be my point really in the event that you know we go on to do well in the champions league and actually win that trophy this season then we can do what the fuck we like really can't we because at least then and to be fair it should be a little extra motivator now if they know toward the back end of the season that fans will be back on the grounds we can celebrate there is chance for the parade they should literally be going gung-ho for the champions league now just to try and get as far as they possibly can in it um my thing is i've never seen that parade that you know we've seen all the other trophy parades i've never seen that parade so I, yeah. even if it is only a small part of me I want it because that's what's meant to come part and parcel of winning the league, the biggest trophy in English football. You have the parade to celebrate it, and we were denied that. It was great that we went on that great run to just go and, and win it by a canter. But at the end of the day, as a as a one of the younger Liverpool fans from a generation that hasn't ever seen it, I'm, I am a little bit gutted. Like I'm not going to lie, if that if that doesn't come to fruition, it's just it just feels it just feels like another. It's just going to be another COVID hard luck story in it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you 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 think about all of the things that happened and the things that, that people did and didn't do throughout like, like Leeds basically t- celebrated it when they got promoted. They went out and they went like bollocks to your lockdown restrictions. They went out yeah. and they got on a bus yeah, and, 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 and we didn't. And, you know, and again, we know why. We're so, and it was big, yeah, we're so much bigger. The, the, the eyes on us, the focus on us. Yeah. But it, it's, it's like that, uh, it's like Doctor Strange in, 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 in Infinity Wars. He literally turns around to Stony Talk and says, there's, there's this one, <laughs> this is the one universe where you win it. And for us, it was the one universe where we won it this year. But we can't celebrate it. There can't be any fans in the COVID, do we still accept it? And Tony Stark goes, Yeah, fuck it, I'll accept it. And yeah. you know, and the rest is history, innit? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. It's it is, and as I say, it's just one of those things, isn't it? Because we're we're gonna unfortunately have to make our peace with it. It's just harder to make the peace with it when I, I don't know, it's, it's yeah, because of all the circumstances that stacked up. I wish now we'd, and I wonder whether there is any regrets about people just not not celebrating it more in the summer. And again, it was different life, different time, and we could never have condoned it, you know, one way or the other, of course. But it's so, it's just, I don't want it to be a big regret. You know what I mean? I don't want it to be, you know, because you can't help but think, what if it's another 30 years? You know, and we've, and that was our, this was our time to shine. This is our ch- a chance in the not sun. Prime. No, I know it's true though, isn't it? Like, but that, there's loads of those. This is just a big, a big. It's just on them to go and do it again, isn't it? You know what I mean? And you know, I think everyone's got the doubts about whether they can do that next season. I, I do think we can still get back to it. You know what I mean? And I do believe that you know when we when we bring our players in, we can get back to it. But if we can do it again, then brilliant. You know, we we shouldn't miss out on it. And it's not. It was never about one success. It was never about one. 
it was important because you get the monkey off your back, as it were. But it's not about one; it's about sustained success. That's what we want from Liverpool Football Club. Yeah. You can whinge and cry about it all you want; it ain't gonna change matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Uh, there's something about that. If we can get fans back, it's Crystal Palace at home last game of the season, which has real bad Stephen Gerrard's last game at home portents about it. Like, but uh, the um, it would be nice just to have, regardless of what happens, whether Liverpool have got something to play for. And I, I, look, the Champions League stuff, I'm wary about going too 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 big on all at the moment because they need to prove they can win some football matches consistently before that can be a, anything more than a pipe dream. But whether it's sending Liverpool off to a Champions League final in Istanbul or whether it's sending Liverpool off to a summer holiday, um, there's something to it, like you know, the, the, having a having a lap of honour at the end, having some Liverpool fans in the ground to go and say, as long as Liverpool go out between now and in the season, go and pour everything they've got onto that pitch, then that's almost the re- the reward isn't a parade and it isn't being able to show your trophy off that you won the season before, but it is being able to earn the right to have the fans. Give you but that, are, like, are, are we, yeah. Are we, are we looking at it the wrong way around? You know what I mean. We we think of it as something that we we want, we need. I still want to show my appreciation to the team for what they gave us last yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. That that doesn't matter how much time's gone between it. Like we we just think of it as something that's our divine right. Well, is it? Yeah, is it? Or are we actually turning up to applaud them for something that they did? Yeah, those things still stand. Mm. It's just the people on the outside are looking at it funny. It's like the West Brom thing. You know, when we when we drew with them and everyone on the outside said it was the worst thing that had ever happened. But I think if you ask any Liverpool fan, yeah. they know that these are the steps. If you want to t- tell the side, all right, yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much for that league title. We believe in you. We think you can get back to it next season. Look how many of us are going to turn up to show you that we still have belief in you and you use it as a catalyst for next season instead. Yeah. Why is that so bad? Yeah, I wonder whether there's just something like, uh, and they'll never do this. because it's. You should do the PR, Pager. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I wonder whether there's just something to like. Yeah, like I said, this this would never happen. But you don't go off and parade it, but you parade it on the way to the game. So you drive to Anfield with it, and then you put show it round Anfield, and you literally put it in the case. Wrap it in blue sellotape, <laughs> you know what I mean, and, and and stick it on, stick it on a blue, a, a pale blue milk float or something. But you know what I mean, something that's a bit more like. Here we go. We're putting this. We're putting this to rest for this season. But yeah, there's a there's a you know. Let's use this as a motivating tool moving forward. I think is a, is a decent idea. Um, but yeah, we have got to get there first and foremost. And Liverpool need to actually win a game or two in the Premier League, which would be nice. You know, we talked about it on the, the final way, but you know we've lost four back to back home games for the first time since 1923. Um, we haven't lost four consecutive league games since 2002, and. You know, there's a lot of talk at the moment, Sam, about what Liverpool should do and can Liverpool do things differently. We kind of, it's come up in a few of our shows already of like something needs to change. Um, Gary Neville thinks that Liverpool needs to try something different. He's done his podcast on Sky Sports and and he used two, two expressions he used where one, Create a defensive box around the centre backs. Um, he talked about his experience of playing centre half. Um, I would love someone to be able to go and fact check what the actual team was on that because I, he didn't actually fill me with confidence that he knew exactly what the team was. And he also said play three at the back. Now, Sam Walker, these are both lovely ideas, um, but what they don't take three into account. Well, both of these, Chris. Three cri- centre backs. He says. Man United played Nicky Butt and Phil Neville, and then he also ref- referenced, I think, John O'Shea and maybe Darren Fletcher. 
which like, <laughs> um, but he references basically playing defensive players in front. Of, like Man United had so many centre halves, and basically what he's saying is they could play John O'Shea in midfield. Um, we have so few centre halves that we can't even put defensive midfielders on the pitch. Um, so I like the notion that we can shield the defence with defensive midfielders that we don't have. Or moreover, move to three at the back and play three centre-halves, which we don't have. Um, I don't disagree with the notion of doing something different, but it speaks to the difficulties in trying to do something different. Yeah, I think what, what, what Gary Neville references and what all the media keep referencing is all these one-offs. So... Oh, we played Liverpool away once and played three at the back and we had John O'Shea and Wes Brown centre-half next to Nicky Butt or whatever. Or I don't even know if that, that measures up time-wise. But all these systems, these people keep coming out. It's all one-off games. Like, oh, we went to Anfield on so such and such. We had these two games in Europe where Fergie did this or Mourinho did this. But they're not talking about like a long-term solution, are they? It's just, it's just, it's just a load of shit because Sky know they've got to come up with some content to try and make it just not go, yeah, Liverpool are fuckers of injuries, move on. So, for me, I agree with what Carragher said on Monday night. It's a tweak. It's not necessarily about reinventing the system. You can't really do that. It's about tweaking it. And I saw Ben's tweet as well about Bobby, which was fantastic. A great idea, actually, about playing him in the number eight, seeing how that goes. But I think the biggest issue for Liverpool at the moment is that, and I've, I've said this in our WhatsApp group, didn't I, the other day, I think that... The bar for Liverpool scoring goals has gotten so low that unless we score from five yards out, it's not it's not a good chance anymore. And I think the issue is, and, and I think Carragher and Neville both have said this, you can't just, you know, accept all these decent chances being absolutely wasted. You know, you look across the league every week and see the goals scored. There's some quality in finishing. We've got none at the moment. You know, Mane can't score an header from five yards out six, seven times on the run. That's got to change first. We can change the system all we like, but until we start taking decent chances, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, I think it's a decent point. And just, you know, the thing, this is where we're, we're stuck with Errol, is that the world-class players that we've got need to be a bit more world-class, but also as you, when you come to start changing things and you're looking to try and, you know, again, change the system. And, you know, we actually could, if you got, if you got, at the moment, you could play Ben Davies, Kabak and Nat Phillips as a back three. You could. <laughs> Because we actually have three fit centre halves, but it, you then create a system whereby if one of them else gets injured, which is definitely going to happen, <laughs> because of course it's going to happen, because that's what happens every other week. You 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 fuck for that, aren't you? There's just we're playing. We keep the short blanket analogy that we've used for the last four months is not is not going anywhere. The blanket's just getting shorter. Yeah, absolutely. I I think what. In terms of the the change in the, the the back line, and I don't think that is where our problem needs. I think what Sam was saying, it's up front. And for me, if we was going to tweak anything at any point in time, it would have just been changing to the diamond for a few games, just seeing how that diamond would have got us, seeing if we would have had a little bit more um, intensity in midfield, and then being able to just say, right, use us the front three now. Use a competing three of these are competing for two spaces. So whoever plays the best in training, yeah. Fucks off. Wow. Is he got? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Is off. Is I out. don't think he knew what he was going to say. That's no. why he just. I think it's a good point. It's an interesting point, isn't it? Isn't it? Because particularly with the, the Salamani thing, Bobby Firmino's not cutting it in front of goal. And there's games when 
that's fine because he does all the linchpin. And if he's getting assists and if he's setting up, and he again, you know, there's a hierarchy to how Liverpool score goals. Salah gets the most, then Mane, then Firmino. And even in seasons where they all score 20 plus goals, that's still. The thing, the problem is now is just there's such a drop off between Salah and Mane, and then there's an even bigger drop off down to down to Firmino that you might be might be as well just doing as I said there almost putting put Mane and Salah up front and just go with that or put Salah. You mentioned the other day, put just put Salah centre forward and mix and, and mix it up. And I don't quite know what that third. If you stick him with four three three, I don't quite know what the third player is. Is it Shakiri from the right hand side? Is it Divock? Is it Divock? Do you put? Just Play Divock Origi centre forwards, you know what I mean? And it, there's there's a lot of rolled eyes and winters that I can feel through the internet when I say these options. But again, it's that's that's the nature yeah. of the problem. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to Sam's point. I was looking at the uh, looking at the stats and the shot conversion because I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but no one actually mentioned any stats around it. And uh, Sam's absolutely spot on. Liverpool are ninth best in the league for shot conversion this season. We're converting nine point one percent of all of our shots. So I've got the stats in front of me here. We've had four hundred and ninety three shots and scored forty five of them. Like you know what I mean? That's just not good enough. Like Everton, Man United, Leicester, Tottenham, Southampton, City, West Ham, Crystal Palace, all better than us on a shot conversion type of thing. It doesn't tell the whole story, no. of course, you know. But Liverpool are trying to work, you know, good situations where I, it feels like we're trying to work good situations where we take our shots late or in front of the goal. Now, if it feels like that and our shot conversion is still low, then it's even worse when you get outside of the box. Yeah, we're not scoring goals from outside the box. We're not scoring goals from set pieces or corners or anything like that. We've lost a lot of goals around the team from losing like Virgil van Dijk in that situation as well. And we're just struggling to break teams down at the moment. And when we do break them down, we're not putting our chances away. And then that, that's, a, that's an issue. I don't think it's as simple, personally, as dropping Firmino into the, into the ten, for example, and playing Salah and Mane together. Because that fundamentally, you're now changing the front three completely. Although the players are the same, it works differently. And that needs just as much training as changing a system, I think. Yeah. Although I do think it's probably a good idea. You know, you you're putting the two lads who do score the most goals for you in a more advanced position and asking them to try and score more goals. So that makes sense. You know, you could bring in the likes of Shakiri on the right hand side, but he's not that good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So that that I I think Klopp will probably, and I don't, I'm not saying that this is what I would do. I think he'll drop the line five or ten yards. Yeah. And and that's probably the only tweak that he makes. I I do wonder. We see a lot of a lot of mentions in the the comments for it. Uh, Diogo Jota is reportedly back in training this week, and oh, I do God. wonder. Uh, whether you know we're almost been waiting for him now I don't want it we shouldn't be heaping too much pressure on him in that in that regard yes. but having someone of that quality to come in and just refresh the line because you might just find that he, he, he plays in the nine or you might find that he he may, he may allows Mane to play in the nine or Salah to play in the nine because right because at the moment it's a you, you can't guarantee it's a, it's a weakening of quality regardless of, a, of, a, of whatever we say regardless of what Firmino's doing putting Origi in you're dropping the quality of the front three if you put Shakiri in for him you're dropping the quality of the front three but Jota you're not yeah no 100% I think with, with Jota as well again I feel like the start of the season it's that extra incentive for the, the players to want to up their level and up, their, up, up the standard that they're playing at themselves I think it's going to be a huge boost, especially because, you know, I think Klopp will try and preserve the the legs in him for the important games. And I think we all know the Champions League are going to be the most important games for us. But that's a weapon that we can utilise in the Champions League that's available to us again now. Uh, I think in terms of just getting the fitness back on him, him being that super sub that can come on in the Prem games if something's not going right is going to be a massive confidence boost to 
to the to the lads behind the front three because it takes the pressure off them. I know that they've had a lot on them to try and deliver the goods from outside the box, but it's not worked so far. So getting another person who doesn't drop that quality of the front three in the mix, it'll be massive for us going forward. I think. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of expectation been placed into Jota here as well, though, mm-hmm. isn't there? And you know, yeah. he's missed he's missed 18 games so far. That's a long spell he's been out it's for. Half it. a season, exactly. Yes. It's ni- it's the 9th of December. Like it's a three month injury at, at, at present. You know, it's likely to be probably March by the time he comes back. Um, that that that's going to take some time for him, I'd guess, to come back up to speed. You know, this is the longest injury spell of his career, I believe, as well so far. So we're putting a lot of pressure onto Diogo Jota here that I don't, I'm not sure it's a good thing to do. Oh God, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent agree with that. But what he, what he, what he does is that he gets to go back to being what he started the season as. You get to, yeah, I would be almost restarting him and going, you're coming on for twenty minutes. You're playing fifteen minutes, twenty minutes because Mane's putting in a, a great shift. But you know, you, you gives you it gives you a reason to boost every single one of them front three because he can play in every position. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. And I, I, you've got, you've, you can have a, a month almost if you wanted to of him being that, be an impact sub, just come in. Because again, we're seeing, we're, we're generally speaking pretty good for 65, 70, 75 minutes. But have we got enough to then, have we, we, what we've had is another gear to go to. And we haven't had that for so long that you're right. There's a lot of I think there's a lot of cycle. I think we're putting a lot of pressure on Jota more than there's actually pressure on Jota. It's whether we can manage the physical tolls and hopefully, really, what he is is he's just there. Doesn't mean that he comes in and plays ninety minutes three, three, three times a week between now and May. But what he does is it's a, you you get to spread your minutes out a little bit more, and that might be the thing that that, that helps us. Um, we had a super chat to come in uh, here, Sam from uh, Robin Hood. Wow. I wonder where he got the money from. Um, <laughs> for that, he says he agrees with James Pierce. Uh, he says we need a new number nine. We all love Bobby, but he's been poor for a year, and a proper finisher would have had the biggest impact. And it's hard. It's it's just it becomes hard. 
harder to argue against that, really, doesn't it? Um, Did you read the article on the Athletic? I didn't. No, it was, re- it was a really good article, really well written, mm-hmm. obviously, backed up by the stats and stuff like that. And when I think when you look around world football, I think a few years ago there was probably only Bobby Firmino who was doing Bobby Firmino's job, whereas I do feel there are more players that are able to do that now and get good things. You know, loads of talk about Mbappe and, and, and Haaland. For me, Haaland's the one mm-hmm. that suits our system better than Mbappe because... He's able to do that link-up play, but he's also able and wants to get on the end of things and be that finisher. And you know, it's not Bobby's fault. He's not. He's not a striker. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's been doing an admirable job for years now of being the linchpin of that attack. But it's not his game to score goals. And right now, I think the evolution of what this Liverpool side needs to go on and be better is to have someone who can do both. Yeah, it's it's that's it. And it's Sam is that. In an ideal world, I mean, we've talked about this on the final word, the problem Liverpool have got is that when you take out Virgil and Fabinho and Henderson, we're quite a small team um, Mm. because we've got a lot of really technically gifted lads. And there's something to, I mean, Virgil van Dijk and Fabinho are the uh, the archetypes here. If you, Haaland is what Lewandowski is, you know, they're not necessarily the same player, but you, you spend your money on the complete package. Go and spend mega bucks on someone who is fast, skillful, has an eye for you know he's wonderfully talented, and creative as well, but also is an absolute powerhouse. They cost them. Which is the reason why like like Chelsea have spent what how long trying to replace Didier Drogba because he was the, com- the absolute complete package of a centre forward. Liverpool haven't quite ever really had that, but we've gone and bought it in other positions. And look, I don't want to get too lost in the Haaland stuff, but um, there's. Someone like him, it's probably a. It makes sense to go and do something like that if a player like that is available. I think it does. I think the issue with particularly in Haaland is, I actually think what's more likely to happen is that um, is a couple of elements to this. Is I actually think just because of the nature of what's going on at Dortmund, I think they'll sell Sancho this summer, so I don't think they'll sell Haaland. I just think just they don't usually do that, do they? It's usually one at a time. So I see them selling Sancho. And I think that could be someone we go for and we basically remodel a Mane because I actually think Mane's got some threat up there. He's obviously, I've just been hammering his heading ability, but he's the best header of the three, really, even including Bobby. Um, so I can maybe even see us doing that, bringing in bringing in a Sancho-like, uh, financially it would make sense as well, and then and then sort of remodeling that. I also think with Bobby, he's, he's always been a number 10. And he's basically kind of reinvented the nine, false nine role in the Premier League, hasn't he? But now what you're seeing is the reinvention of the 10 role in the Premier League. We've gone back to the Joe Cole, Zola days, Bearcamp days, mm. where look across the league, Fernandez, bona fide number 10. Um, I've always said the Bruyne's are number 10. I know their system's a little bit more complex than ours. But he, he's, he's sorry, than, than this. Sorry. Look at Arsenal now. They've got Odegaard and Smith Rowe. Completely changed how they play. Look at, look at Madison. Look at Mason Mount. You know, Havertz is similar as well. If I miss Harry Kane's now become a number ten with Son pushing on, it's the we're now playing in a league where we've gone back to the creative forward, and I think Bobby could do that role. If you look at his yeah. stats and Chris will back me here, his stats are that of a number ten; they're just not that of a number nine. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting point, isn't it? And I, I wonder, and we can't know this. There's a couple of factors: it's how well does Jota come back, and how well Liverpool stay injury free between now and the end of the season. But I do wonder whether this like this ten thing is like a bit of like a. It's having a, a, a mini resurgence because of the mm. way football's being played this season, and whether there's just something at all where 
because teams can't be as physically intense and they can't be, you know, they can't be tearing around the pitch and they can't dominate football games in the way that they do, that we're seeing a bit more of a rise of lads who just float around and, and, and pickpocket the space and do and, and and do this. Whereas number tens are a bit of a, a myth in footy. You know, we that's why we idolise them so much because it's such a, a rare, yeah, exactly. It's such a rare position to actually uh, to actually see and get right. Yeah, 100%. And in the past, he's been seen as like that luxury player. Um, and I don't, I think we, we we gambled on our luxury player back end of last season with, with Thiago. I think what, what ideally needs to happen is when Klopp was at Dortmund, he had Obama Yang at first. And for all of Obama Yang's great qualities and what he could bring, he lacked what you were saying before about being that, that ultimate presence and being able to be aerial dominance as well. And that's why we ended up with Lewandowski. So it's that tweaking, that upgrading of what, what he did have and he was able to use so well for what and what worked well at one point. But then how do I find the next level? And nobody could have imagined when Obama Yang was putting up his numbers that Lewandowski would eclipse it within a couple of years, but he has been able to. So I think if we are able to do anything, it would be going out and buying. Again, I'm not sure if it's going to be Haaland or, or Mbappe, but we do definitely need somebody that just adds us a different dimension because, as I say, we, we can we can afford to have a Jota and a Firmino backing up those other two on the wings, but we need somebody as a focal point moving forward, yeah. I think. I, I agree with a lot of what Errol said there. And there's a rare breed of striker that's also your plan B. Lewandowski yeah. is that. Mm. Haaland can be that because like Liverpool for all the all the talk this season if we haven't got a plan B and all that type of stuff I see it in the comments all the time is our plan B is whip the ball in and hope someone gets dread on it mm. like that's what happens when we run out of ideas yeah. and yet there's a rare breed of striker that can do both yeah. you know what I mean that's that's the best having your plan B on your pitch at the same time as your plan A is probably the best situation you can possibly be I in I completely agree and, and, I, and I wonder whether you know in terms of how Liverpool bolster the attack moving forward I think you're right in Jota what you found there's a natural understudy for Mane. I think there's still, you know, hopefully Harvey Elliott can fulfil a bit of his potential. He's still very young. He's only going to be turning 18 this season. But if he's if he is the generational talent that he's being touted as, and he seems to be so far, you might get a tune out of him next year for us in some way, shape, or form. And then you're like, okay, well, what what else are you looking to do? And yeah, I agree. You know. Go out and what we've shown is that we'll go and do some canny business in and around around the place. But when we really need to go and spend the money on a proven, you know, proven game changer, we'll go. We'll go and do it. And like again, again, Robin Hood's back again, saying that 100% agree. Harland is the one. Generally, think we should crowdfund 100 million to pay for him. Who wouldn't put a tenner in to get him? Yeah, I think we all would. But I wonder whether we do because you've got for me, you've got sort of two options there. Because I agree, I think we need that just to change the dynamic a bit. But it's whether you go and pick up another. So you spend your big money. So let's say you spend your big money on Mbappe, but is he going to be? Is he a complete centre forward, or is he? Uh, is he just a, a your Salah replacement effectively in that squad? Or, and then do you then need to go and buy someone like Silva at Wolves? So you go and get a, a, a tall, skillful target man, but he's not the finished article, and you're then spending a couple of seasons to get him up and running. Whereas you might, I, I, what I'm saying is, I think we need two for the front three, but I don't think we're going to go mega bucks on 
on both. both of them. So you either get your target man on the cheap and you get another wide player with super pace, or you go and get your big complete centre forward and you maybe go a little bit cheap in support and on the on, on the flanks. But I, I mean, we might actually be able to do none of these things. Bear in mind all of this yeah, thing no before Champions we get done. League money and we might be struggling big well, time. Mate. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? 100%. I prefer I prefer someone who's going to score us goals down the middle. Yeah. I just think that changes the dynamic of the front three enough. That it feels like a new front three. You've got more goals into it, and there's not an over reliance on Salah. And if you've got someone in the middle who teams have to worry about, mm-hmm. Salah's going to get more goals. Well, you want to stay ahead of the curve. I mean, look what we Klopp saw this in the Bundesliga, where Bayern can outspend, and Bayern have been doing that forever. They just don't, they just take the legs off their rivals because they can't, you know, and and. You're starting to see a little bit of that happen in the Premier League where Pep has got his philosophy, but he adds chunks of Klopp's philosophy to his philosophy to make it work a little bit more, to make it a bit more robust and what have you. And you're right, I think it's a great point being made. Was it was it Adam making it? Or, or, sorry, it was Sam making it. But the fact that you've got Harry Kane is now playing as a false nine tells you that you know everyone's everyone's trying to model themselves on a bit of us and a bit of what what city have been doing so we need to decide what's our next evolution before everyone else catches up because at the moment again because we're seeing it now when we're we're so undercut with players there's people doing what we do better and there's people doing football and all their aspects of football a little bit better so it might be right that we're we're quite fixed on Liverpool need to find another bobby and maybe that's the Minamino thing, you know. Again, we 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 might we might yet just find that Minamino comes back flying after after half a season at Southampton, and he's ready to step into Bobby's shoes. And all of a sudden, we've got Jota up and running. We've got Minamino up and running, and then Harvey Elliott is this young talent, and we might not need any of this stuff. But there's also a case to be made that we might be when everyone's waiting for us to zig, we zag. You know, when everyone's waiting for us to go out and buy a new Bobby Firmino, and instead we just go out and get a fucking target man, and and completely, you know, take a take a step forward. Go on, Sam. Paul. Yeah, um, here's a question for you. Just come to me when you were chatting. There, I was really interested in all that. Just thinking about the, the sort of big man and stuff like that. Who in our team can actually blow a player away in pace and beat them? You know, you watch Rashford for United, he just leaves players for dead. Chris mentioned about Mbappe, and 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 I like not necessarily Mbappe. Who in our team gets the ball and you think oh, he's going to go past them? He's going to just absolutely roast them because I can't think of anyone. Mane, Cole, I, I think, Salah. Used to I be Salah. Go on, I think that's a style thing, though, to be honest with you, mate, because I, I've been saying it for a while that we don't beat a man. We don't drop a shoulder. Curtis Jones did it the other week when he mm. came on and um, and Milner was taking off and he was fuming. And then Curtis Jones drops a shoulder, beats a man, gets the ball, does the one-two, and then Salah goes on to score. Like, those little moments haven't happened enough for us this season. And I think it's, I don't know why I can't put my finger on it, but I can only put it down to, it must be a system thing. It must be what we're, Klopp's asking the players to do and how to recycle the ball and move the ball through the pitch. And, and how the, our opponents play. Yeah, that's it. it, 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 it Where's the space? Where is these? Where are all these yards to run into that into, we want these lads to be running into? Is that is is a, is is, a, is an interesting point. Mane does it from standing still the most, I would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah but 100%. it's not in. The, it's a completely different way to like Rashford, yeah. who's got loads of space down that left side to run into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. But even when he Salah's runs in the box, the yeah. Even when he runs in the box, you see Rashford against compact defenses. He, he, he draws fouls. The amount of times I see their forwards, and I hate to praise them, run it. Mares and Sterling, they go past people no matter how compact it is. We haven't got that. So when, when we're struggling to whip a ball, you know, we can't just, you know what, I'll beat a man and create a space. It doesn't happen. 
But no, it might no. be again. We come back to it. Jota's got a bit of that about him. You know, we were talking about Jota being he's a he's the hybrid of Suarez and Michael Owen. You know, in in some regards, he's got that kind of bit going for him. But no, I don't disagree. I mean, you look at like um, not getting a Leroy Sane. It was a it was a big, it was a big, big loss. You know, big yeah, exactly. Loss. You know, that someone like that. You're dead right. Who's just has that? And look, Thiago's got a bit of this, but he plays in the wrong. Part of the pitch, you're right. Curtis Jones has definitely got touches, touches of it. Someone who's 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 path is goal. Yeah. Do you know we have got one, and Michael's called it in the comments. Matip. <laughs> yeah. He's the one who does it more than anyone else. Oh, but he's injured, Chris. His path is goal. Yeah. It's all yeah. the it's all the high notes. His path is. Two meters outside the sixteen-yard box before awkwardly squaring it back five yards. Um, yeah, oh. it's true. Yeah, you know, but yeah, you're right. I mean, maybe, maybe it's Jota. Maybe you know, maybe it's someone else we need to go. Maybe it, that's maybe that's a Jaden Sancho thing as well. You know, what I mean, it's someone, someone like that who just who lives to take people on. You do. You need. You need guys who change the change the pitch. They change the situation. Um, I'm now thinking Matip is the false nine here. Oh, <laughs> I'm thinking he's got a bit of everything. He can head the ball. Paulie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Likes amazing run. He's got the greenwood step overs if you need. But yeah, no. But uh, it, it's true. Yeah, just do that. That's fine. We solved it, everyone. Let's let's let's. let's <laughs> it. Need Mbappe or Haaland? No. We got Matip. Yeah, but you know, but, it's, a year. but it is. There's definitely something to so having someone who's got who's got that who can go both go both sides. Looks to get a looks to get a shot off. You know, looks to get you get you off your seat. And again, it's been so long. Maybe it is just that Jot as that, and it's we've become so. Just so lost in the last couple of months of just watching Liverpool bash their head against brick walls in front of the 18-yard box that maybe you know we we've forgotten about it all. But everyone can afford to be a bit braver in that that team. You know, Salah's Salah's better when he does that. Salah's better when he starts out wide and he runs towards the 18-yard box because he makes defenders panic. Mane does exactly the same thing. Fucking Firmino, we did it. He did it. You know, in the game that we're not talking about, uh, and he took on three or four of their men. You know, you can't do it constantly because it's not a way to. It's just. It's not a path to success. It's a path to giving up possession and totally losing all of the build-up play and all the movements and all the positions that you've gained uh, by running straight into trouble and what have you. But there is, you know, having having exciting talents who, who's able to do that sort of stuff is definitely something Liverpool should be looking at. Um, but yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't think we've got too much more. I just want to quickly just uh, look at Liverpool's upcoming fixtures because regardless of what happens... Um, we're on the home stretch now. I, you know, I was able to type all our games up. We got what thirteen league games left to play, which seems a lot, but it'll be over before we know. Um, Sheffield United up next at the weekend away. Uh, uh, obviously, at Bramall Lane, we needed uh, Dean Henderson to chuck one in last season to uh, to get us over the line. There, it'd be nice if they did something similar to us again. Um, Chelsea at home on Thursday next week. Now, all the talk is that that's the game that Jota will be back for, um, which is definitely something. Fulham uh, Fulham backs that up uh, on the Sunday straight after that. Leipzig then is the uh, second leg of the Champions League game in the midweek. Wolves away, Arsenal at home, takes us into April. Um, They're all games that are winnable, Chris, but at the same notion, you know, that this this score... I, I, I've become really negatively laissez-faire in the last couple of weeks of like absolutely Liverpool can win all these but they need to actually go out and show I, I remember we referenced the Dortmund game before you know that we get we, we do the business away from home we come to, to Anfield and they nearly blitz us in the early and it's like oh my god it's all become undone what do you need to do 
you need to go and see a sign that it's possible that Liverpool can go and do some some good things. That's what we basically need now. Is Liverpool need to go? I'm not asked about the results. It's score wise. But they just need to go and put two or three games down back to back, and then we can sit here and have a have a, a, a wider chat about what the rest of the season's going to look like. Yeah, they do. I think you know Sheffield United should be a good one for us. We should be able to get back to winning ways, hopefully, for that one. The big one there is the Chelsea game because obviously yeah. that's now a battle for top four as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's at Anfield as well. We know what our form has been like there. Tuchel's come in. He's doing a good job. He's unbeaten. I think at Chelsea still at the moment. Um, that's going to be a massive game for us, but I fancy Liverpool to be able to get up for that one. And then all the others, man, Leipzig is obviously just a one-off game that we've got a good lead heading into. It's going to be... I, I think it's going to be a really tough last couple of months of the season, to be honest with you. I yeah. really do. And I I can't imagine that we're not... I can, I can imagine that we're going to have lots of conversations about what Liverpool need to do in the summer because I think it's only become going to become more prevalent, unfortunately. We've done this season. It's been a few years since we've had it, but we used to do this. This was our season all the time. We were doing these shows and we'd reach this sort of point of the season and you would. You'd start to be talking about what you, what's the missing piece, what's the what, what's the what's the missing piece of the puzzle that's going to turn you into champions, etc., etc., etc. And because Liverpool were incapable of... Going and doing the business, and the, the for me, it's got very two thousand and five vibes this season. In so much, I mean, we had and not and I look and again, I'm not Sam's laughing because you know I don't want to get carried away with the Champions League stuff. And yes, look again, it, it, the finals in Istanbul, you know, and all those kind of things that, that, that you know are, are, are linked in. But what I mean is, it was the you take. One step forward, two steps back, two step forward, one step back. It was a season domestically where we should have shown top four up that year. Every time we had an opportunity to actually get above Everton or close the gap on Everton, they draw, we draw, they'd lose, we'd lose. And we never, we just never put enough of a rundown to ever go and properly stretch our legs and flex our muscles to do what needed to be done. And that's my, but that's my fear with this, Edel, is. Liverpool need to do this. Liverpool could look. I, I, I think if we won five games back to back, I think we'd be. I think we'd be pretty much. You know, we it wouldn't be guaranteed, but we'd be pretty secure. I think in the top four if we back if we if we did that. But I think that's an expectation too far, unfortunately, at the moment because I don't think anyone really, other than City, is capable of, of doing that. No, hundred percent, and I think we've had. We've had fixtures in the in the, the last couple of weeks that have been kind to us that you'd think you could plot where the next five wins would have came and we fell flat on our face and we've all been left disappointed. So I don't, as you were saying before, I wouldn't want to put that amount of pressure on the lads right now. It is just about trying to get, start again, start the records again, create new history, getting back-to-back wins and then going from that back-to-back home wins and then winning on the road, getting the, the, the whole leg sewn up against Leipzig. Those little moments trying to get some players back into fitness as well, Keita coming back, as well as Jota, getting a bit more fresh legs within that starting 11 in the next couple of weeks. And then hopefully, once the results start coming our way, the players will start getting a little bit more self-confidence and belief again. And I think that's that's probably been our biggest uh, undoing it, to be honest. It's probably been that, self, that lack of self-confidence and our own ability. And when things haven't been going our way, figuring out on the pitch within those 90 minutes how to change it in our favour. We've kind of just, as you were saying before, hit a head against the brick wall. But I think that's probably been our biggest drawback is our self-confidence. So just trying to get that boost back up. It's no good getting one up in, in Europe and then getting knocked back down in a game that we'll never speak about again. Yeah. And you'd end up in that unfortunate situation where you start to put all your eggs in the winning the Champions League basket. Exactly. 
um, which is, you know, and when it works, it works. But, you know, we tried that with the Europa League and Klopp's first season. You know, that was our last great yeah, hope. We literally get... sacrificed the league at that point, didn't we? We yeah. were playing, yeah. like... Ben Teche and I in the league games and Shit, the Shea Joe Jordan I Ben Teche connection as a forward today. <laughs> oh my God, Brom or something I'm like so that. So exciting though, wasn't it exciting? No. Target man and then two pacey tricky wingers either side. What? <laughs> it's literally what we've called for as well. Yeah. In this show. Look at hell. Ben Teche scoring again now, Paul. Oh yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's something it's definitely something to watch out for. But look, I mean that that this is where I'm at with with this now again. There's not much we can not much we can do about it other than continue to support the team and trust that they'll they'll get something right. I hope that the, I hope it's hard the to Champions... do that though this season, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, but I hope that the Champions League doesn't become that. It's a welcome distraction thing, you know, from how crap the league is. It's like. It's already become that, mate. It's already become no, no, no. Leipzig. It was that was the first win for it. That was it. At that point, I think a lot of fans were like, "This is the only trophy that's available to us. Let's just go for it." But it's meant. It needs to be a springboard, not the other way around. It needs to stop. We don't want that's a dangerous, dangerous game to play when you let it become the be all and end all. There's got the the, that, and and as that's what I'm saying. You look if we if we put nine points down. Or from Sheffield United, Chelsea, Fulham, and then you know, and also box qualification for the quarterfinals in our next four games. Then that's with that we get to define how the season looks. But if you lose any of them, then you know, you know, it doesn't even bear thinking about. We're on a, we're very much on a precipice here. But again, I keep coming back to it. It doesn't change. I said this before Everton, and then they fucked it. Is that it's in Liverpool's hands at the moment Liverpool are still the masters of their own destiny but that's and I, this is after three week, weeks I've been saying that that is slipping away that is slowly starting to get out of grass it's going to come a point where it's like chasing it you know you, you've, you've, you've got a helium balloon outside and it's great when you've got a nice tight grip on it but if you let go of that you know quickly very quickly that gets away from you Liverpool need to make sure that it doesn't um, right listen um, we're going to wrap that up for the podcast this week gents uh, Sam Errol thank you so much for joining us for this one Chris of course uh, and for you guys watching uh, along live, you guys are amazing. Apart from all the knobheads, you know you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and um, yeah, do check back for the podcast next week um, in the build of the Chelsea as well, and loads more content to keep you going. Do check that stats and tactics show if you want to have a little bit of a, an in-depth deep dive into what could be done about Roberto Firmino. It's streaming now on the RedmenTV.com. Go and sign up, and we hope to see you there. Ta-da. Thank you so much for watching the Redmen TV YouTube channel. Everything we do here is funded by our wonderful subscribers to theredmentv.com. Get over there, sign up and get amazing additional content, interviews, documentaries, mini-series and, of course, additional pre- and post-match day content.